What's up, y'all? It's Monday once again, which means it's time for another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking some NBA basketball as the regular season winds down and the playoff picture shapes up. Also going to be talking some NFL draft and some early MLB action. Episode 40 coming at you right now. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in once again. I'm Landon Pangburn, along with my brother and co-host, Preston Pangburn. This is not the biggest week in sports, but there's always something going on, so we're going to talk about it. P, how you doing? I'm doing well. We had a lovely weekend in Atlanta. As you know, we had our little spring kickoff party in the backyard this weekend, watched the G-Day game, and not only did the dogs win, but we also kind of found like the next A.J. Green. So it was a really good weekend yes. for us dogs fans. Adonai Mitchell can go ahead and be inducted into the Pro and College Football Hall of Fame simultaneously. <laughs> Seriously, what's this story again? Three-star from Tennessee? Yeah, 381st ranked recruit in the country last year per 24-7 sports, and uh, he's absolutely elite. Yeah, just an electric receiver on the outside. I think he had like seven catches for 105 and a touchdown. Who cares if it was the spring game, dude? He's the next big thing. Yeah, the spring game is always kind of weird because you don't really necessarily want guys to break out because that means they're torching your own team. So like, I'm a little bit nervous that the 381st recruit in the country last year is destroying our new secondary now that our starting two corners are gone, but we'll see what happens. No, don't worry about that. The defense is going to be fine. Good vibes only. Adonai is just electric. Adonai is, is elite. So we'll see what happens there. Let's go dogs but we got a long way to college football so let's go ahead and start off with a little nba basketball right well before we get there i've got one mailbag question that i actually didn't tell you about because it's directed towards you so surprise I, mailbag question yes so okay. i wanted to leave you a little bit of, in the dark on it but it's from sam blackman of course of course it is <laughs> sam asked why would landon a mega sports fan refuse to watch jake paul fight a boxer so are you are you, are you out on the jake paul bro, thing i don't know this conversation between you and sam i can't tell you like if I had a dime for every text that Sam has sent me in the last three weeks about the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight, <laughs> I would have never have to work again. It's been it's been relentless. Okay, so the actual answer to the question, first of all, one I don't know who Jake Paul is. Who he's is a YouTuber, dude. I mean, okay, I know that. Like, I can say he's a YouTuber, but I don't. I've never heard him speak a word. I've never seen what he does on YouTube. I have no idea what he's famous for, nor do I really care. And then I've seen Ben Askren fight because I'm a huge UFC guy. And Ben Askren is quite possibly the single worst stand-up fighter to ever fight in the UFC. Incredible wrestler, but it was a boxing match, so shouldn't everyone... The fact that he was an underdog in Vegas to a YouTuber tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, you hate to see that. Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson like two months ago, so now everyone, I guess, just thinks he's a good fighter. But it's kind of funny. We were talking about Ben Askren this weekend, and I didn't realize that he was like an Olympic-quality wrestler, oh, but not really a stand-up fighter. So not the most formidable opponent out there. And yeah, we were joking about, like, did he know that he was fighting? He, he kind of went out there with a poo body, looking like just, you know, five years into retirement, dad bod working. So I don't, I don't know if he prepared for this at all. I think he just wanted that check there's been a lot of talk about it being rigged and him just kind of taking a fall for the money he got paid half a million dollars to get knocked out in one round like who wouldn't do that you would let anyone pretty much anyone punch you in the face 
any YouTuber punch you in the face for half a million dollars for sure. <laughs> yeah, but Sam, I don't know. I don't like Logan Paul or Jake Paul. I think both of the brothers just kind of seem slimy and seem like douchebags, but I have to admit I am intrigued and I want to see Jake fight a real boxer next. I think it would be fun to watch. I didn't watch any of the event itself, but Twitter the entire night was incredible about this whole thing because you had like first of all you had like pete davidson and snoop dogg calling it right and then you had like the most ridiculous performances like i think ice cube wrapped there was doja cat there was a justin bieber concert right before the main event it was like just a complete ridiculous spectacle i saw one tweet saying i illegally streamed this event for ten dollars instead of 50 and still think i wasted all of my money so (laughs) like yeah it was it was just not it wasn't my thing i mean i'm happy for the people who enjoyed it it was clearly not my thing yes me either i I didn't watch any of it at all but i saw another funny tweet that was like before we get to the boxing match featuring a fighter that you hate let's have six different performances all from artists that you hate so (laughs) i don't know apparently it did really well and like sold out i I don't know what sold out means in this context with restrictions and all that but whatever there's going to be more jake paul fights in the future so you'll be able to tune into those yeah i think the bigger context that it brings up and this is actually a serious comment the bigger context that brings up is now a lot of people are talking about how much these guys made for this fight over the weekend versus how much the top stars in the ufc make for their fights and how in the world these guys are making more than the ufc stars and just possible future contract and pay disputes in the ufc because obviously those guys who are actually good like john jones is currently in a, in a dispute with the ufc about how much he should get paid for a possible heavyweight championship fight with francis and so we'll see how that turns out but I don't, I don't know. I'm Whatever fight happens next with Jake Paul, I can guarantee you right now I will not be watching. <laughs> it depends on who he fights. But anyway, thank you for the question, Sam. <laughs> so let's move on to some real sports, the National Basketball Association. So I have gotten to the point where after this most recent Kevin Durant injury, I think he came back, played a couple games, and went out with a thigh contusion. So minor injury, nothing serious. But just in my head, despite all of the injuries, I've still been prepping for Lakers versus Nets in the finals. And I'm starting to come around on the fact that it might not happen because these teams just can't stay healthy. The AD injury for the Lakers seems to be dragging on. LeBron's still not back for a couple weeks. What, what are you thinking about this? Well, one, the injury thing is a really big topic to talk about right now just because first of all there's been some upheaval about it because people are very upset about the current NBA schedule and how often these guys are playing and just the short offseason, obviously, and just a ton of injuries going on. You mentioned Kevin Durant, LeBron, and AD. You didn't talk about Jamal Murray tearing his ACL being out for the season. Donovan Mitchell has an ankle injury. He's out for at least a little bit. So lots of injuries going on right now. It's one of those things that I'm kind of reminded of why I didn't like the Nets in the first place. And that's that they have a lot of injury potential, right? Kevin Durant missed an entire season with Achilles injury. He's not the most durable guy. Kyrie is very not durable. James Harden's a pretty durable guy, but like Kyrie and Kevin Durant are complete wild cards as far as availability in the playoffs. So you never know when one of those guys is going to go down at an inopportune time and kind of spoil the series for, for their team. If they miss one or two games in a series, that could be it. It could, and we have to at least mention, I mean, they didn't have him to start the season, but LaMarcus Aldridge was a huge addition at the uh, or after the deadline with that buyout, and now he surprised retirement with the, the heart condition, unfortunately, so that hurts their depth. So, yeah, the, the Nets, unfortunately for them, are kind of on the downswing right now. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And then I think it's important to bring up the Sixers right now. The Sixers are playing really good basketball. They've won four in a row, and with whatever it is, like 
14, 15 games left in the season. They currently have a game and a half lead over the Nets for the first seed in the Eastern Conference, which I think is a huge deal. I don't think people are making a, a big enough deal about it. One, obviously, home court advantage is the first thing that comes to mind, and that's going to be really important. But the bigger thing for the Sixers in that regard is that if they get the one seed, they don't have to go through the Bucks and the Nets. They just have to go through one of them. And theoretically, those two teams will play in the conference semifinals and possibly beat up on each other on their way to seeing the Sixers. So that could be a huge, huge, huge deal for them, especially when they've got a guy like Joel Embiid, who's just kind of a matchup nightmare for anybody. Like, I think you really got to consider the possibility of the Sixers sneaking in there ahead of the Nets. I'm not necessarily going to pick them, but I think those three teams all have a really good shot at making the finals. Yeah, and did you mention the Celtics? I mean, they're kind of surging too, starting to play a little bit better. They kind of struggled out of the gate this year, but they're climbing up towards the four seed, going to battle with the Hawks for that. So they could be a contender in the East too. And yeah, just my general thoughts as the regular season winds down, something you've given me a hard time for in the past is just never believing in teams until they win a title. This year, I think it just might happen by default if the Lakers and Nets can't get healthy because it's going to have to be one of those teams like the Sixers or the Jazz getting over the hump. But who I really like, the two seed right now in the west sitting at 40 and 16 the suns yes dude, i would i would freaking love to see the suns get to the finals who wouldn't the yeah, suns would be awesome. awesome yeah and i know i'm kind of shitting on the nets right now but what if it was net suns you know how like james harden and chris paul teamed up came so close to each of them getting their first rings they're in the twilights of their careers pretty much at this point on their last leg and so one of them would get to write that final chapter and beat the other in the finals and get that ring i mean that would be a really cool story that's sick that's like the pinnacle of good against the height of evil that's like some harry potter voldemort stuff right there yes exactly that's you took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) i absolutely did (laughs) but thank you yeah so you mentioned the celtics jason tatum is playing some of the best basketball in the nba right now But do you know who's playing the best basketball of any player in the NBA right now? Steph Curry, dude. Have you watched Steph Curry in the last week? Robot. Machine. I mean, I kind of forgot when he won his back-to-back MVPs a few years ago, I guess it was like 2016 was kind of peak Steph Curry. Like, I forgot how good he was. And this last week, 10 days, whatever it is, it has been absolutely absurd. The first guy ever to have 10 plus threes in a game three times in a week. He's making like between 10 and 12 threes every night. He's putting up pretty good rebounding and assist numbers too. It's just been an incredible performance by him. I mean, he's running full speed off screens. He's off the dribble like he always does with his incredible ball handling. Like what a performance that Steph Curry's been putting on. Yeah, he's been going off. I think I saw a crazy stat that he has more games with 10 three-pointers than this season than anybody else in history. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's another testament, another stat that speaks to the fact that he single-handedly changed the game and the way that it's played, kind of stretching it out beyond the three-point line. So good for Steph. I mean, I don't know if they're even going to make the playoffs with, you know, Clay out, Draymond averaging the triple single, and they're just (laughs) generally not being very good. But Steph, he deserves to make the playoffs, at least get that eight seed so people can watch him play some playoff games this year. Yeah, I mean, one of the most fun guys to watch in the game today, and I think people normally go a little bit too far with greatest of all time things. People always say that all the newest guys are the greatest to ever do something. But I don't think that anybody from any generation at this point would deny that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter we've ever seen on planet Earth, right? He has to be. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, everyone always wants someone from their generation to be mm-hmm. the guy. But the difference is that the three-point line didn't exist back in past generations. So, yeah, I think that Steph has to be. Not only because he revolutionized the way the game's played, but 
shot the best percentages while doing it. For sure. Another guy that's been putting up a pretty crazy stat line recently that deserves at least a mention is Russell Westbrook. Became the first player in NBA history this past week to put up 25 or more triple doubles in four different seasons. Also quietly going to average a triple double again this year. Like you can hate him. You can love him. You can say whatever you want about him, but Russ puts up numbers and good for him. He does. Yeah, he's he's gotten, you know, a bad rap the past few years after KD abandoned him and kind of made him look like a pretty bad teammate. And he was at times kind of being a ball hog down the stretch when KD should have been taking some of those last second shots for those Thunder teams. But anyway, yeah, it's a little bit of a shame to see guys like Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook just going off like this, but most likely not even making the playoffs. I mean, what are the Wizards right now, like the 10 seed in the East? Yeah, we were laughing earlier because we saw on Instagram a few months ago, this guy in Vegas put ten thousand dollars on the wizards to win the nba finals this year but it wasn't just a guy like it, it was a professional sports better right yeah, someone yes. who you said was reputable and he was like a reputable really guy yeah, yeah this this sports book accepted this bet from this dude who was supposedly a reputable sports better who put ten thousand dollars during this season for the wizards to win the finals like if I wanted to just dump $10,000 in the trash can, I could find a lot more fun ways yes, to do that. exactly. Yeah, it's funny because I remember when you telling me when you told me that, I just kind of looked at you like, okay. It, it's like I immediately very confidently said they're not going to make the playoffs, but it also like in the back of my mind, I'm kind of questioning my sanity. Like what does this guy know that I don't? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, good, good luck to him, I guess. Exactly. Also, you mentioned the whole Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook thing. Did you see the headline about Kevin Durant being asked who his five greatest team, I guess his four greatest teammates ever were? Or maybe it was five. It was five. It was five. And it really upset me because I saw the video first and saw his answer. And then I saw the headlines about it were incorrect. Were they? Okay. I haven't heard. Tell me. So he, he listed, I think he went with Kyrie first, then James Harden, of course, his current Nets teammates. Yeah. And then he went with Steph and Clay from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And then fifth, he said Serge Ibaka. Yeah. But then all the headlines I read said Russell Westbrook instead of Serge Ibaka. But the whole point was that he left Russ out. That's, that's what all the headlines I'm seeing are. All the headlines are he left Russell Westbrook out. Yeah, I saw two in a row. One was from like NBA Central and one was from ESPN that said he listed Russ fifth. I was like, no, that's the whole point. He left <laughs> Russ off the list. Because Russ, yeah, cool. Russ and Draymond Green, who he clearly beefed with when he was with the Warriors, were the ones who were very obviously omitted from that list. You know I'm number one Draymond hater. There's no way in the world that Draymond, I would take Serge Ibaka over Draymond. Is that absurd? Oh, man. Draymond sucks. <laughs> Serge Ibaka now or 1974? <laughs> Serge Ibaka during the 2011 Thunder seasons. At their peaks? Season. I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're close-ish. Dray, Draymond was pretty sick, but in that role, we've talked about it in the past, like he's the luckiest player in NBA history. He was fantastic at the role, but it's just such an easy role to fill. Give me Draymond's stat line this season with, with tense of everything. Oh man! Wait, with what? Of everything? Like like tenths of a point. Like, oh, okay. Goodness gracious! Just want to hear what you got. Points. I'm gonna go seven point nine. Six point six. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Rebounds. Eight point one. Six point six. Okay, so I'm going high. And assists, I'm gonna go six point four. Eight point six. So it's actually wow. So assist really numbers are better. Yeah. yeah, really good assist numbers. But yeah, the triple single, as Charles Barkley likes to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that. that rounds up to a triple double. <laughs> I guess so. Actually, are yeah. pretty solid assist numbers. And he plays good defense. But that guy's just such a mouth breather. I've just never liked him. Yeah, I mean, he cost them a championship by kicking people in the nuts repeatedly. Yes, he did. He'll never live that down. 
that'll happen. Well, I think that's about all we got for NBA. Before we move on to a little bit of NFL and draft talk, in honor of our 40th episode, I want to give you a couple 40th episode themed trivia questions. Oh man. A couple are easy, a few are pretty hard, so it's okay if you don't get them. This is just more of a, a conversation and, you know, a, a tribute to the 40th app. Okay. I'm All right. Nervous. So, <laughs> no, you'll, you'll be okay. I'm going to start you off with what I, I hope will be an easy one. Who is the only quarterback in NFL history to win an MVP at 40 years old? So you can't say it's easy because then that puts even more pressure on me. Are, are you stalling? Do you, do you I know? Am. Okay. I don't think it's, is it Tom Brady? Yeah. Okay. Tom Brady, 2017. Okay. So three years ago. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to start you off with that one because these next four or five are pretty tough. Okay. I've got six total, so cool. strap in. Let's go. All right. Who was the most recent 40-year-old all-star in Major League Baseball? Nelly Cruz. No, but I love the guess. So it's 2016, if that helps at all. Hmm. Pitcher or position player? Neither. DH? Yes. David Ortiz. Bang. Okay. Good work. Nice. That was a, a really good question, I am, but neither helped a lot. I am shocked that Nelly Cruz wasn't an all-star in the last couple of years because he's like, what, 42 or 43 now? Uh, Yeah, he's getting up there. I want to check this out real quick. Let's go ahead and check a couple of Nelly Cruz stats. First of all, okay, he's only 40 years old right now. So he's played really, really uh, okay. well the last couple of years, but he's been 38 and 39. So that makes perfect sense. Okay, I started panicking. You said you were the one that was nervous, but then you started fact-checking me. So I was like, <laughs> wow, am I giving fake news trivia? Okay, so we could have a new trivia question soon, and Nelly Cruz would be the answer to that because he's Because yeah, he has 40 awesome. bombs every year. Yeah, he's, he's a man. I love he's him. He's a beast. Okay, moving on. All right, next one. What is the fastest 40 time in NFL Combine history? Uh, the actual time and who had it I believe it's 4-2-4 so that's what I thought too that's CJ2K mm-hmm. but there's actually one better than that wide receiver in 2017 it's John Ross yep yeah John Ross was 4-2-2 maybe 4-2-3 4-2-2 okay yep wide receiver formerly for the Bengals he got drafted there so he had a Washington he's out of Washington yeah, John Ross even, the third yes yeah yeah okay 4-2-2 I don't even know where he is now he's not very good he's just fast no he was like a you know, top 10 you said he was up there. He was a, a high a high first-round pick for the Bengals and just never panned out. That'll happen. All right, next one. Who is the only NBA player ever to play all 82 games in his age 40 season? John Stockton. Why would you know that? Because I have looked... You're disgusting. I have looked at John Stockton's stats before <laughs> because, because, one, if you look up like all-time NBA stats, and I think I've said this on this podcast before, but the extent to which he is the leader of both assists and steals, like how far ahead of everybody else he is, is crazy. And so then you look at his season by season numbers. And the one thing that stands out to me when I look at his yearly numbers is he played 82 games every year. He played every game. There were a couple of years he played like 79 or 80 or whatever, but the number of seasons in which he played 82 is crazy. Yeah. he. I mean, like you said, he the magnitude by which he leads those two categories is insane. I think Mark or uh, Mark Jackson, I think it is, um, assistant steals, and then Jason Kidd are kind of up there too, yeah. mm-hmm. like in terms of being really good at both. But John Stockton just blows him out of the water. He was a really good player. Yeah, and I remember going into the season because it was LeBron's 18th season. Um, I was reading an article about the best 18th seasons in NBA history, and the three guys who had the, the three best were John Stockton, Carl Malone, and Dirk were the three best 18th seasons in NBA history, and so wow, that's okay. part of the part of the reason I knew that as well. Gotcha. Yeah, oh two, oh three. It was his last year in the league. And before we leave this one, I, I want to mention this to you because it kind of speaks to what we were talking about just a little bit ago. How everyone just wants the player in their generation to be the goat. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a John Stockton meme that really pissed me off. I, I saw this either this morning or yesterday, but. 
It was a meme of John Stockton side by side with Giannis. And the caption was like Michael Jordan's competition versus LeBron's competition. That's, that's like, that's so, that's so unbelievably ridiculous. like cherry picked, like just picking a small white guy versus <laughs> yeah. like a seven foot monster, the Greek freak. Like, <laughs> couldn't you just as easily do that with like Carl Malone? Yes. Yes. <laughs> who was John Stockton's teammate. Who's just a, a mountain. And, and then like, Vidova. yes, yeah. that's exactly what I was going <laughs> exactly. with. It's like, that, that's so absurd. Yeah. It just, I hate people. Yeah. People are stupid sometimes. What can you do? <laughs> All right, next trivia question. You ready? Yep. Which NFL quarterback has the most 40 touchdown pass seasons? Which NFL quarterback has the most 40 touchdown pass seasons? Drew Brees. No, I'll give you one more. Mm, I mean, it's got to be one of those guys at the very top. Um, And the answer is only three. Three 40 touchdown pass seasons? Yeah, it's it's not that common. I mean, a couple guys like um, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady have hit 50, but like people don't get 40 all that often. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do. Is it? Is it sneaky? No, it's not. Mm. He did it this past season. Let's see. It's not Tom Brady. Nope. Is it? It's not Ben Roethlisberger. I'll give you one more hint. Philip Rivers. One more hint. Very very solid Jeopardy host. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Rodgers just did it for his third time in his MVP season in 2020. So, yeah, he, he holds the record. I, I thought it would be someone that had four or five, but it was only three. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a very good Jeopardy host. We got Anderson Cooper the next two weeks. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And I, we were talking earlier, Joe Buck this summer, someone said he's got going to have the chance to be permanent host. I'm kind of like that. We'll I'm, see. A lot of people hate Joe Buck. I'm a Joe Buck guy. I don't mind Joe Buck. Are you done with trivia questions? I've got one more. Okay, I'm, I'm going to come back at you. I just came up with one in my head that I'm going to come back at you with after you're done. Love that. All right, my last 40th episode-themed trivia question. Who are the four members of the Major League Baseball 40-40 club, which means 40 stolen bases and 40 home runs in a single season? It is Jose Canseco. Yes, and Bar- that's my favorite one. Yep, Barry, Barry Bonds. <laughs> yep. A-Rod. Yep. Alfonso Soriano. Yes, that was very fast, and... When I was coming up with this one, I remember you asking me a trivia question, and I got the answer that was Alfonso Soriano. So it kind of immediately flashed back that you might know this, and how quickly you ripped them off in order as well. Yes, (laughs) Yes, that's a good one. But yeah, yeah, it's so funny to me that Canseco did it, just because being my age, I think of him as just this like roided out, you know, fifty home run guy who's absolutely jacked. I would not have taken him for a speedster. Yeah, we caught him end of career. One thing that helped me is back when the whole steroid scandal broke out, I read his book Juiced. And so I remember remember that in that book. Hilarious that you read that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm a freaking nerd. All right. I'm coming back at you with a trivia question just about old people, you know. So who is the only player in NBA history to score 50 points in a game with four different teams. Jamal Crawford. Yeah, you knew that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we've talked about that before. I, I just remember when he did it for the fourth team a few years ago, it was a big deal, but it's pretty unbelievable. Good for that guy. And then who is the oldest NBA player ever to score 50 points in a game? Oh, man. This this has to be like a post-Wilt Chamberlain thing, right? Because mm-hmm. he probably did it a million times. It's recent. It's recent. Yeah, pretty recent. Two years ago. Oh, man. Ask the question again. Who's the oldest player to score 50 in a game? Oldest NBA player in history to score 50 in a game. He was 39 years and 20 days old. Oh, gosh. Vince Carter? Jamal, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
it's funny because I, I literally just said I remember a couple years ago they made a big <laughs> deal out of it. Gosh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, but he uh, he's pretty sick. What a career for that guy. Love that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's awesome. I guess the the weird thing about it is if it's a guy who's capable of scoring 50, you just wouldn't expect him to bounce around to that many different teams. Exactly. So I guess that's kind of the significant thing there. But Jamal, he had moves. That He had that one signature move that's Kirk just Heinrich. sick. I don't even know what to call it. The Kirk Heinrich one. It was <laughs> yeah. like the, the crossover taker. behind the back jump step basically and you just murder people that's exactly what it is yeah yeah and i've always said this is kind of a weird thing because he's not the most famous nba player but i've always said if there's one person that i don't want to be stuck out in the open court one-on-one with because like it would he would really really embarrass me and possibly significantly hurt me it'd be him like i feel like he's the guy that would cross me up so bad that i would injure my lower extremities yeah see i don't know I, I just feel like he makes two moves so fast that like i wouldn't even have time to react to the first move before he made the second one yeah you so did. i might accidentally find myself in perfect position to yeah. take a charge you have the advantage of being slow <laughs> yeah. 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 yes yeah. exactly yeah. i may be short but i'm slow <laughs> <laughs> what's what movie is that from uh space jam i think yeah it is it's the fat guy bill bill no is it bill murray no i think it's the fat guy i think it's the assistant guy no, it is, Bill Murray. it is Bill Murray. It is yeah. Bill Murray. It is. Either way, right. Bill Murray. I don't do defense. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. All right. That's all I got for trivia. Is that all you have as well? That's all I've got. Okay. Well, let's move on to some NFL talk. So the draft, a week from Thursday. I'm super excited for this. There seems to be a lot of moving pieces. You know, the first couple picks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, those are sure things. But the number three pick for the 49ers seems to be jumping around a lot. Everyone's saying it's Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Now Justin Fields takes over as the Vegas favorite to go number three overall to Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. He's at minus 150. Mac Jones is now plus 140. And not that far behind, Trey Lance at plus 200. So who's your money on and what do you think they do? It's pretty sneaky. I would have always thought from the beginning that it would be Justin Fields, except for this kind of weird rumor mill going around that it was going to be Mac Jones there for a minute. But doesn't it have to be Justin Fields? Like, I'm still surprised that it's not Justin Fields two to the Jets. So I think it has to be Justin Fields third. Like, it was not that long ago that Ohio State played against Clemson. Justin Fields played against Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields was clearly the best player on the field that entire game. He just tore them to shreds. He's ultra talented. He has the mobility that you want in a present day quarterback. Like, I don't I don't think Mac Jones is bad. I think Mac Jones is really good. And I think people, some people are even a little bit underrating Mac Jones, but I think this has got to be Justin Fields here. I did hear that Trey Lance had a really good second pro day today. He threw the ball really well. Not sure how much that matters, even though people put a lot of stock into it because he's not playing against any defense. But my money's on Justin Fields. I'm rolling with him at minus 150 all day. I'm with you. I think it should be Fields. I I guess at this point I'm leaning towards the fact that it will be Fields, but I want to rewind to when it kind of started to become a consensus that it was going to be Mac Jones. And I think it started with Chris Sims just completely prognosticating about what they were going to do because I guess he went to college with Kyle Shanahan, so people thought he had credibility. Chris Sims doesn't know anything. He knows nothing. Yeah. He He knows how to choke in the fourth quarter of a football game. (laughs) He's a huge hot take guy on pro football talk with Mike Florio. They just try to stir up drama and just say crazy things all the time. So take that with a grain of salt. I hope that it's Fields. I think he deserves to be the guy. I don't really fully understand all of the knocks on him. Like everyone is saying that Ohio State quarterbacks don't pan out. It's like, that's just a stupid argument. (laughs) That makes no sense whatsoever. And, And that he can't get past his first read. But I also saw a stat that like of... 
quarterbacks who threw to their first read he was the highest rated with the highest completion percentage this year so it's like it's not that he can't get through his progressions he threw it to the first guy because he was open yeah that's how it works like if the first guy's open you throw it to him if not you go down the list so when you've got good receivers a good offense in general and a good scheme and you're making it to the national championship game that that's just kind of how you do it yeah that's how it works that's that's football that's life i'm pro fields if i had to place a bet right now i'm i don't know i might still go mac just because it's plus 140 but anyway yeah we'll see what happens and then i've also heard some rumors i don't know if you've heard the same rumors that maybe kyle trask is going to sneak up in the first round and be the sixth quarterback taken you heard anything there i have and it just kind of breaks my heart because i think i heard that the bears are kind of enamored with kyle trask it's like bears please don't do it (laughs) what are you doing you, you torture your fan base with Andy Dalton after rumors of Russell Wilson, and then you're going to spend a first-round pick on Kyle Trask. Like, I get it if Matt Nagy and what's their GM's name again? Ryan Pace are trying to save their jobs and just throw a Hail Mary at like a last-ditch effort quarterback in presumably their last year if they don't make the playoffs <laughs> with the Bears. So I don't know. I, I think it's stupid. I don't think Kyle Trask is going to be any good. Fair enough. Well, I hope he's not because he's a Florida Gator, so. He is. I heard him compared, or someone called him an SEC Mason Rudolph, and in my mind, that's what he is. I mean, he's got good size. <laughs> that's a pretty. That's a pretty <laughs> he put up good numbers in college, but I just, I don't think he translates, especially Gosh. as we're trending towards these more mobile quarterbacks. I don't see it. That's savage. If someone, if someone said I was the podcast version of Mason Rudolph, I'd be real sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is that it for uh, NFL draft talk? So I've got one more thing that I saw earlier today, and I find this to be kind of funny, but I saw that the Miami Dolphins are fielding calls for their number six pick, potentially interested in trading down. So they originally had the number three pick from the Texans in that trade for Laramie Tunsil. They traded from number three down to 12, then traded back up to six. (laughs) And now they're fielding calls on the number six pick to trade back down. So my question is, what the hell are the Dolphins doing? Do Do they want like a left? tackle for Tua do they want to get him his boy Jalen Waddle or maybe like Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase if he falls just give him you know some kind of protection or weapons or do they want to trade back down and just stockpile more picks I I like the direction that this franchise has headed under Brian Flores the past couple years but I just if this is true then it kind of starting to feel like they don't know what they're doing yeah it's really weird because they are a, a franchise that is clearly headed in the right direction right I mean they had a good season last year their defense is pretty solid they got a lot of young good pieces to answer your question, I honestly have no no clue whatsoever what they're doing. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense going back and forth like this. We've talked before about how there's going to be a lot of really good players available between 5 and 15, somewhere in there. So maybe they just have their eyes on somebody and they think they're going to be in a certain range, but I honestly have no clue what they're doing. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned for more rumors this upcoming week, and we'll have a full NFL draft preview on next week's episode. But for now, that's all I've got for NFL. All right, little Major League Baseball talk. Let's start with our hometown guy, Ronald Acuna and the Braves. What you been seeing from the Braves recently? Oh, man, the Braves struggling overall at the plate. I think the rest of the team outside of Ronnie's hitting like 190 or just something pretty dismal. But Ronald's going nuts. I mean, he's he's finally kind of becoming this player that he was projected to be. Might be the best player in baseball right now. He's leading the league with seven home runs through the first 15 or so games. He's hitting like 419. But then last night, he goes down with this minor abdominal strain. So hopefully that's something that doesn't linger because he's he's got a special season underway. So I have two Ronald Acuna stats for you hit me one of them is little big league style so don't make too much fun of me here okay (laughs) so one of them this is a list of every 50 game span in mlb history where a player has had 20 home runs 15 doubles 
10 stolen bases and at least 1,000 OPS. So that's not that crazy, right? I mean, as far as like, those aren't weird stats. 20 home runs, 15 doubles, 10 stolen bases, 1,000 OPS over 50 games. Ronald Acuna Jr. right now in Babe Ruth in 1921. So I, I think I did see that. So it's just Ronnie and Babe Ruth? Yes. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty sick. And then over the last 162 games, the only two players in MLB history over a 162-game span to have at least 50 home runs and 40 steals. Ronald Acuna and Barry Bonds. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, that that's pretty incredible. I mean, that speaks to the kind of player he is. They call him five tool players, mm-hmm. the guys who can just kind of do it all. And it's rare, like with stolen bases trending down the way that they have been the last ten years, they're kind of becoming extinct. I think the analytics say that you've got to be able to steal like 80% to even try. It's just, it's crazy that he's still on these 40 steal plus pace paces while hitting 40, 50 home runs. Yeah, he's absurd. And he's not only awesome at baseball. We were talking about it on Saturday. He's just the swaggiest dude ever. Like him and Fernando Tatis Jr. are way above everybody else as far as being dope. Yeah, I love him. And those stats didn't feel that random. Uh, you mentioned Little Big League. Those <laughs> ones are so ridiculous. Like, he has the highest batting average against left-handed pitchers this year against teams who play south of the Mason-Dixon line whose home <laughs> games are not played in the Dome. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was trying not to go full-on Little Big League, but the first one was slightly in that direction, so I was just trying to give you a little forewarning. No, I, I appreciate that. But the, the bottom line is Ronnie is absolutely killing it. And who else is killing it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I feel like we've got to talk about them, the way that they've come out of the gate. If anybody was worried about a World Series hangover, that is certainly not happening. They're 13 and three. Just look good in all facets of the game. And I feel like they're kind of entering the Golden State Warriors phase. Remember when the Warriors won that first title and the next year won 73? Mm-hmm. It's like this franchise was kind of tortured for a while and couldn't quite get over the hump. Everyone started to feel bad for Clayton Kershaw. They finally got the monkey off their back and I feel like they're just playing loose now and they're going to go for 120 wins if they can get there. They, I know there were some articles going into the season about their possibility of breaking the single season win record for major league history. And I mean, it's so, there's so long to go. Who knows what's going to happen with injuries and whatever else, but they're the type of team that could do it. They are just so loaded with talent. What is the record? It was that Mariners team, right? I think it's the Mariners team from Didn't they 2000- lose in the first round, Griffey and uh, Randy Johnson. They had no, some kind of tragic ending, I think. It wasn't that team, right? It was the Ichiro team of like 2001, I believe. Look at that. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. Let's see. Okay, so I've got it on Wiki now. So it was the Mariners in 2001. They went 116 and 46, and it's kind of funny. That's a 716 win percentage, and right ahead of them is the 2020 Dodgers at 43 and 17. So that doesn't count with the shorter season, but yeah, all the other ones above them are from like the late 1800s, early 1900s, so those aren't real. Yeah, they're really, really good. And then on the other end of the spectrum, who is the favorite to win the American League is the Yankees right now, who are currently in last place and looking pretty terrible. Yeah, they're not playing well at all. I know Corey Kluber was a huge addition for them. He has not pitched well at all. Garrett Cole, I think, has been doing okay. John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge coming out a little slow. So, yeah, the Yankees do not look great. And honestly, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. All right, one thing I wanted to bring up, which I mentioned at some point last year, just because this is something I'm fascinated with, is all-time stats in baseball. So I think a couple of the milestones in baseball are really, really cool, specifically like the 3,000 hit club. I also think the 500 home run club is pretty cool. And Miguel Cabrera, I don't know if you looked at these stats recently, Miguel Cabrera is the closest guy to reaching both of those milestones. So right now he has 488 career home runs, I believe. So he's 12 home runs short. And he also has like 2,869 hits. So he's 131 hits short of 3,000. So the question for you is, 
one, does he reach either of those milestones? And two, if not him, who's the next guy? Okay, so how close did you say he is to each one? 131 hits. And 12 home runs. So far this season, he's hitting. My internet sucks right now. How old is he? He's going to need one more season after this, I think. Yeah, so he is 38 years old. He is hitting 125 with a 222 OBP so far this season with one home run. Yikes. He's going to need to play one more year beyond this, but yes, I think he gets there because I feel like he's just a baseball guy to his core. It means a lot to him to get there. The Tigers aren't going anywhere, so they're going to let him keep getting this playing time, especially since they've got the DH. I think he gets both. That's one thing that he definitely has going for him is the fact that the Tigers are so bad and so not competitive that they're not going to care whether he's in the lineup or not because he's not taking anything away from them. So he's going to get some opportunity, but it's just crazy. I've said this before. It's crazy to think about if he doesn't reach either of those milestones, we might not see someone reach them for another 20 years, realistically. Will Mike Trout not get there? Mike Trout, he could, but the fact that Mike Trout's been the best player in baseball for the last nine years, and he's not even at 1,400 hits yet. So he's under 1,400. He just missed two-thirds of a season last season, which is pretty devastating. He's had a couple of seasons where he's missed you know, 20, 30 games with injury. Like He's going to have a really hard time getting there. There's even a, halfway to 3,000? No. How's that it, possible? Dude, Does he just walk too much? No. it's that. Well, he walks a lot, but it's not possible because 3,000 is hard. Yeah, 3,200 hits a season for 15 years. Yeah, I mean, that's a crazy milestone. Baseball has been played for since the 18, whatever, 70s, 80s, 140 years, and 32 guys have done it. Like, there's a reason the list is small is because it's freaking hard. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So well, I, I, hope he, that, I hope he does. I love Miggy. He's a good guy. Yeah. He Hall also leads the league this year in amount of times where he hit a home run and then slid into second because he didn't see the ball go over because it was snowing. That was one of my favorite things. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, he's funny. Also, we mentioned Mike Trout. How about the fact that Mike Trout would have like six MVPs right now if it weren't for Miguel Cabrera at the beginning of Mike Trout's career, winning the Triple Crown and taking them from him. It's a very good point. A lot of second place finishes. Lots of second place finishes for Trout. And then a couple other guys I wanted to briefly mention because they've been awesome so far this year are Jacob deGrom in the National League and Shane Bieber in the American League. Just pretty much straight torching dudes. Really fun to watch. Striking out everybody. They're pretty unhittable, both of them, and and I can't wait to keep on watching them. Yeah, Jacob deGrom is not a real human. He was a robot created in a lab to throw fastballs. And like we mentioned on our last episode, for some reason, the Mets just can't really win when he pitches. So I'll take that as a Braves fan, but man, I would absolutely hate to play them in a playoff series and face him twice. The craziest thing about Jacob deGrom, which I don't know if you've seen, is the fact that his velocity for the past five years or so is going up every year. Like no one else does that. Everyone loses velocity over time, has to learn how to become more of a pitcher, as they like to say, instead of a thrower, kind of hit their spots, mix up their pitches, change up locations, whatever. Jacob deGrom's not like that. He just blazes it past people the older he gets because he somehow gains velocity yeah i think i saw last week in his start that it was like his 90th pitch of the game and he threw it 101 it's like dude chill out yeah that's absolutely insane yeah he's a cheat code and then bieber who was my pick to win the al cy young last year i was very very proud of that even though like it wasn't that unorthodox because i think he was fourth in the odds i meant to pick another one this year just to see if i could keep the the train rolling and i was gonna take tyler glass now and now it feels like cheating because he's off to a pretty good start i think but anyway just so you know i know he was your boy of the past and that kind of had a little bit of influence on my decision but he's my guy i do like tyler glass now if that guy can stay healthy he is pretty unhittable. Yes, he is. Well, that's about all we have for baseball. I think you wanted to talk a little bit about some UFC. We got a big card coming up this weekend. We got a big card coming up this weekend. Another one of those cards with three championship fights in one night. Main event is Kamaru Usman against Jorge Masvidal. 
which is their second fight. Last time Kamaru Usman won after Masvidal stepped in on like six days notice. So that's part of the kind of hype behind this one is that Masvidal is coming in with a full camp this time. So we'll see what he can bring to the table. Also got two of the female championship fights. We got uh, Zhang Wei Li against Rose Namajunas, which is going to be really fun. And then we've got Valentina Shevchenko, Chubbs' girl, against Jessica Andrade. <laughs> so some pretty sick fights the other two fights in the main card are also really good too so it's gonna be a fun night it will be and i i'm really gonna be pulling for masvidal he's kind of my guy i like the way that um wasn't ben Askren the one that he knocked out like in five seconds there was a pretty contentious pre-fight press conferences and he yeah hit him with the knee in five seconds ben Askren was doing his normal thing talking a lot masvidal didn't like it very much so he flying get him to the dome and knocked him out fastest knockout in ufc history that'll happen so yeah tune into ufc this saturday got a big card it's going to be a good time. I don't know. I don't have any UFC underdogs of the week, but you know you know who you are. Just text me and I'll hit you with them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all we got for this week. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in once again. Don't forget to leave us some ratings and reviews. Follow us on Apple and Spotify. We'll catch you next Monday. Have a good day. Oh.